we're live. I, I like that. It's it's showtime. It's set up there. It is showtime. I, I got goosebumps when I saw that. Yeah, this is uh this is fun, Sarge. Um, I for the first well not for the first time, but I got to say it's live or we're live, and yeah. we're actually live. And we're actually live. We're actually live. That's it's not recording. Your, that's usually your call thing, though, isn't it? We're live, it is. and we're we're live. Yeah, we're recording. It's usually uh how it goes. I don't know how many people. It's, I'm interested to see. I don't care if it's one person or a thousand people. I mean, it's plenty to say today. So. there's a lot to say you just got off strike duty i had strike duty today yeah. um how did that go it went good i mean you know it's it's i'll tell you one thing that i'm starting to notice here you know 2019 same thing happened 30 31 years that i've been working for general motors 2019 and now in 2023 this is the second time that i've been on strike that's i mean really? I, we never were on, we we had a wildcat strike one time uh, I believe it was in the mid 1990s. And that was when they were going to fire our shop chairman, Oof. Al Ali, um, the late Al Ali. And um, that wasn't going to happen. So that was a one day situation and that got ironed out. However, it got ironed out. But other than that, how did that, how did that work? How did that happen? Like, what does a wild, wild, stri wildcat strike look like? Basically it's unauthorized. Uh, where the workers just say, okay, that's one thing you're not doing. And we could care less about what is contractually, you know, what's legal, what's illegal. We're walking out. Is there repercussions to that? Uh, there could be. Um, I don't know. I think that we avoided any loss in throughput and production based on the fact that I was a temp then. Oh, so I was scrambling to figure out what am I supposed <laughs> to do here? You know, I think it was 94. I was not yet full time or maybe early 95. And I remember a lot of the workers coming to me and saying, just stay here, just stay mm -hmm. here. Don't go, you know? And we had a couple of people that were mad that we didn't go, but that's just ridiculous to, it's not, you know, we're on strike right now and it's yeah. authorized. And so the temps are out. Right. But, um, that was wildcat and that's a whole different ball game. But again, within hours, I don't even think it was 24 hours. I can't remember. Jeez. I mean, I was 24 years old. What was he getting fired for? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember what happened. I don't remember what happened between him and our plant manager then, Mr. Herman Moss. Um, well, I actually liked, I actually liked him. Um, there was a disagreement and Al was very, um, it was a different time. <clears throat> the union was very, uh, it, when it came to Lordstown, there was no messing around. Uh, we're, we'll negotiate with you, but if you push us in the wrong direction, it's not going to take a whole lot. It's like that person who, has a really bad temper and it just takes the slightest thing to set them off. <laughs> Maybe that was one of our demises. I, you know, because <laughs> that was always our, you know, people, when they said Lordstown, it was always, Oh yeah. Lordstown. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. We know how. Mm -hmm. And I think that bothered general motors from the get go. And I think that's led to part of the problem in 2019. Um, my opinion. And, and what you mean by that is they closed, they closed it down. Shut the doors. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, unallocated. <laughs> yeah, they, they they came up with the term unallocated, which meant that they're not saying it's closed. They're just saying that right now they can't find the right product to put in there. So they're going to shut the doors until they can figure it out, which just happened to be a contract year. And just so happened to be that when the contract came up, then they decided because now it's legal. Now you're officially closed mm. because by closing it in March of that year, that was illegal. That was contractually. You can't do that. Uh. So that's what that whole arbitration is about right now. That's been going on for almost five years. I believe GM's fired their legal team in that situation three times now. Whoa. Um, the arbitrator has awarded us to be made whole. 
but hasn't said what that's supposed to be. He actually was going to allow, I believe, the two parties to come together and figure out what that meant in terms of being made whole, whether it was MSR, you know, early retirement packages, or, or is, it, is it a financial obligation they'll have to us based on how many, you know, in terms of wages, in terms of profit sharing, everything we lost, uh, you know, what, what's that all equate to? Uh, we don't know because here we are again, uh, we're going to be waiting another four, four to six months for the new legal team mm -hmm. to look everything over because they don't really know too much about it. So, you know, they're going to look it over and then we'll find out again. I figure by the time I'm 80, um, we'll, we'll know, <laughs> we'll know what's going on, but we're not allowed to be mad. You know, we're, should be grateful. You should so, definitely be grateful. You have a grateful, job up here in Lansing, Michigan, yeah. away from your family. Yeah. I mean, so here's, I mean, here's the weird part <clears throat> of that. I'm always, I always is as pessimistic as, as we can be in human nature. And, and people who know me personally know that the pessimism will come out from time to time. <laughs> I mean, it will, but I also try to look at it from an optimistic standpoint. And I was able to land a spot within, um, within striking distance of home. So I'm about four hours away. I've been, I've been back and forth over a hundred times. Oh my gosh. Easily. And I'm not, I'm not kidding you. I, people think I'm lying when I tell them this, I don't mind the drive. I don't mind it. And I always look at a lot of different things. You know, I grew up in a town where um, a lot of families had painting companies. I grew up in a, a Greek town. Greek guy in a uh, Greek blue town. Collar workers. Yeah, blue collar workers. And, you know, we always get that, that stereotype Greek, you know, the Greek guys are painting the bridges, you know, <laughs> painting the water towers. Well, we had a lot of families that, that were very involved in that work and very successful. But the, the, the drawback is that you're out of town a lot. You're out of town for months at a time and you don't see your family and it's back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, and so I always watched that. I never did it. I always watch it. I think about how those guys have to do that. I think about people in our United States military. They're overseas for sometimes for two straight years without seeing their family. Children are born before they even get to see their, their child. The child is already a year old. Not, by, not because they want it to be that way, but that's... So you think about sacrifices like that. I've still been able to see my eldest. I've been able to see his basketball games. I've been able to be involved with my youngest in, in so many different aspects of his life. And they've been up here 12 times maybe now, 13 times now. Um, you know, every time they're up here, it's Horrocks, you know, we got to go, you know, that's like the greatest dance ever happened, but, <laughs> um, spot. it is it, it, for, especially for a kid when they walk in there and candy, the candy and the popcorn yep. and, you know, do it yourself little situation there. <laughs> but I mean, so I try to look at the positive side and, you know, I, I didn't hear, I'm going to, I'm not going to lie to you. One of the things I was worried about. So when I left my Lordstown family of uh, 25 years, I didn't want to re I didn't want to start all over again and meet new people and, and develop relationships because my whole goal in my head was get home, get in, get out, you know, and that was, yeah. and then, and I knew it would start happening. And then lo and behold, I start liking you people up here <laughs> and I'm just like, here we go. Now I have to start liking these people because of I, I'm, I'm treated up here. I, I, when I tell you, I feel like I'm in Lordstown just four, four hours away. Right. And I've met so many good people and I've developed so many relationships. Uh, the, the good thing about that is, um, as upset and sad as it is to a certain degree, when I retire, I always think about this. Everyone's like, I can't wait to get out of there. But I, I, I sit back sometimes and think to myself, when I leave, what is it going to be like that day? You mm -hmm. know, how, what type of emotion am I going to have? 
because there's so much that goes into that. I would imagine that it, you'd be sad and you'd almost feel like alone slash like with no purpose because as much as we all hate that place, as much as we all hate being at work, that's our life. Like that is what that is who we are as yeah. people. That I mean, day in and day out, we build cars together. We joke the camaraderie that comes along with everything. Like when we see each other walk by, we're like, "Hey, fucker, what are you doing?" <laughs> um, <laughs> and we don't even think twice about it, right? No, we don't. No it's, one gets upset about it. Nobody has their feelings hurt. No one gets a coloring book, right? Yeah, I mean, it's so. There's that part of it. You know, there's that part of it and, 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 and the joking around and the jabbing at each other. And, and I think it's because of the journey. A lot of people think this journey is easy. It's not, it's not easy in any way, shape or the, or, or for me, it, it, mentally or physically. It's very stressful. Anybody listening to us talk right now that works at any automotive industry, uh, any one of the big three, if you're working for them and you're in a facility, you know, damn well, what we're talking about right now. It's not as easy as everyone thinks. Uh, it is not put a screw in here and make sure the radio works <laughs> and then go sit down. It's That's not how it goes. No, it's no. get 56 cars off this line an hour, yeah. run your ass off, get moving. Uh-oh, line's going down. Get over here. Why are we down? What's going on? How come the scanner's not working over here? Right. What's going yep. on with this computer? Why is it not torquing out to the proper torque specifications, GMS standards? And, and people think that, you know, the uneducated auto worker that we are, that all we do is just stand there and watch the car go by <laughs> and we wipe, you know, wipe the door real nice. Oh, that's not how pretty that is. <laughs> no, that's not what goes on. No, and no, not at all. It, it's, it's a stressful job. It's very physical in nature. It's very stressful in nature. And, you know, it's so stressful that a lot of temps that come in, uh, will work the line for a day or even not even a day and they'll, they'll leave. They won't even come back from break. You know how many times some, I'm, I'm a trainer on our team. How many times I've had someone say to me, this is not what I signed up for, <laughs> not for $16 an hour. No. And, and what is it? Two vacation days a year? Just two or three, something two or like three that. Yeah. Vacation days a year and $16 yeah. an hour. It somehow the CEO for, for Ford has said, and in whatever interview he was in on MSNBC or the today show, whatever he claims that we make 78,000 across the board, 78 to $80,000 a year with overtime. How much, how much overtime? <laughs> a lot. That's a lot of overtime. Nine hours a day, six days a week. Yeah. Two, and on, and two some, on, one off. Sometimes 10 hours a day. Right. Um, and, and well, that's what you signed up for. No, that's not what we signed up for. Well, what happened to the 40-hour work week? Uh, Isn't well, that, I mean, that was something that the union used to be really proud of back in the huge. day. That was and then huge. when did when did that go away? That went away with the shelf agreement, I believe. When was that? That was in the, in the mid-90s. Okay. Yeah, and I don't, I'm not saying that there was an overtime before that or any type of mandatory overtime right. before that. But I can tell you that it seemed like when the shelf agreement became part of a, the, the contract in the mid nineties, I believe that was, it was this huge contract that saved General Motors so much money. The union agreed to it. Um, it, it didn't go exactly the way that we thought it would go. And it just compounded over time. And, um, you know, basically I, I think what people have to understand is, so you're getting up at six in the morning, you're going to work. You're getting home at five o'clock in the evening, 4.30 in the evening, in the late afternoon. Mm -hmm. And you're doing that so many times, so many times a month, six days a week. And so I think people hear this, this new thing now, folks, you're hearing this 32 hour work week and it's pissing people off. 
who are they to work 32 hours a week? What kind of ridiculous That's part-time. Somebody said on, on one of the, the news channels when they were doing the debates, those people think they're going to work part-time. 32 hours is part-time. We don't think we're going to work 32 hours. Is, is So are they... Are they adding in vacation time like and how it, it would equal up to be like a day off per week and that's why we would end up with 32 hours a week i don't know how they're doing it but here's what i think is happening daily overtime was taken away in 2008 when everything went down the recession hit gm ford chrysler all flew their private jets in to talk to congress uh and which that was very that was a bad move actually i believe gm rick wagner was the ceo at that time and they got on his case bad. They said, you want money from us while you flew your private jet here <laughs> to talk to us. So he drove after that. Uh, but I, I mean, isn't that, talk about condescending, talk about, yeah. talk about the fact that they have no real concept of middle-class America. That just defines it right there. And, and, and so, and, and folks, if you disagree with me, that, that's great, that's fine. If you disagree with them, leave a comment. Yeah. We comment. can we can have a discussion right now. Yeah, I don't like that's I'm I'm fine with that. So, you know, basically, suddenly that was taken away. Okay. And now it is this whole concept of we're going to need to work, we suspend plan A. At times we're going we're going to have to work 10 hours a day, no paid lunch. Um, you're going to work six days a week whenever needed until we meet a certain production level because there was a breakdown. Okay, okay. So so anything over eight hours is overtime. No, anything over 40 hours is overtime. So we can work 12 hours, 12 hours, 12 hours, then have a massive breakdown. And not get overtime. And not get overtime because we end up with like 39 or 40 hours a week. Right. Save the company a ton of money? Sure does. Do I understand where the company's coming from there? Sure do. Do they really need to do that to their, to their employees? Sure don't. Nope. They sure don't. Um, you don't make billions and billions of dollars in profitability on a regular basis and need to do that to your workers. There's a, there's a guy, uh, Simon Sinek. Have you ever heard of him? Mm -mm, no. Ins inspirational speaker, motivational speaker, however you want to, however you want to label him. Um, very good. Uh, look him up sometime. Simon Sinek. He did a, he did a seminar and I can't remember what company he did it with. And he was talking to all the people in the audience. You can't see the audience, it's just him. And he asked a question to a lot of these people who are business owners, I'm assuming, based on the way the conversation was going. He said, who is your customer? And everybody in the audience, each person was, was giving the customer as the person who is buying their product or the person who is purchasing their services. And he said, you're all wrong. The customer is your employees. The customer, number one, is the people who are building the product, making the product, providing the service to the customer in order to make you the particular, whatever, whatever your net revenue is on a yearly basis. Yeah. They are the customer. We are General Motors customer. All right. Our CEO should look at us as the customer. And I'm not saying you have to make us happy. Like we're little kids saying we want more. We want more. What I'm saying is if we're the customer, you have to somehow understand that when you lie to us, when you tell us in 2008, listen, we're going to take away cost of living allowance. You got to help us out here. We're, we're buried. Uh, the, the amount of fat, all right, we need to trim down. We need to do some intermittent fasting here, okay? <laughs> and so cost of living allowance has to go away for a while. When we get out of this, we'll, re, you know, we'll renegotiate cost of living allowance back into the contract. 
Pensions are going to go away for everybody who's been hired after 2008. There is no more pension. There is no more health care for people after they retire that are hired after 2008. The temp program is no longer going to be from Memorial Day to Labor Day at 6% of your workforce. It's however many people we need. They're going to work January through December. They're going to make $16 an hour, which we have thousands of them between the big three. And they're going to get three days off, which that didn't even happen in the beginning for those days off for them in the last contract. So they're going to get these three days off. They're going to make $16 an hour. They're going to work 50 to 60 hours a week. Yeah. We'll want to get another job if they need to make ends meet. And where are they going if they're at work from six in the morning until five o'clock in the afternoon, Monday through Saturday? It doesn't make it even kids, make sense and have kids. And, and the biggest thing about the 32 hour work week is more or less, more or less we the overtime back because that would then level the playing field of, well, we got to go 10 hours every day. Are you sure? Because that's, that's right. fine, but that's time and a half after eight hours. Right. And we're trying to get back to a level playing field. It's not necessarily meaning that we're going to go 32. Hours. We're not going to go 32 hours a week producing a car. General Motors, for all of you out there, I've seen a couple of people say, well, if you built a decent product, maybe this wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> Here's some information for you, sir. Um, if, if by chance you've stumbled upon this podcast, General Motors is probably going to sell over two and a half million vehicles this year. They normally hit over 2 million every year, right? Yeah. Two and a half million vehicles. Their net revenue on average is between 140 billion and $160 billion a year. Their profitability margin, they are making anywhere between 10 and $13 billion in profit a year. Explain to me how in the hell we're making a garbage product. <laughs> You're going to tell me that there's two and a half million people on a yearly basis that say, I'm looking for something that's really a piece of garbage. I'm like, let me, GM makes garbage, don't they? Let me go spend $60,000 on that. It's, it's absolutely, anybody who comes up with that argument, that, that ship has sailed. We make a fantastic product. End of story. We, I work with some of the most skilled people that don't even know how skilled they are because we're so damn good at what we do. We don't even realize it. It's kind of like, it, it really, it's like a Hall of Fame quarterback that doesn't even realize how good he is because he has mastered his skill to the point where when people say to him, you know, how good he is, he kind of looks at himself like, wow, I, I never really... I just doing, doing what I love, or I'm doing what I have to do to make my team win. So it, it's amazing. Like, I don't think a lot of us realize how good we are at what we do and what we have to understand when it comes to the GMS process, no, when it absolutely. comes to global manufacturing stand, it, it's, there's so much that goes into calm whip, the seven different uh, forms of waste and how much waste goes into the vehicle. And, and, you know, um, you know, overproduction is a huge problem and, and motion is a huge problem. Motion is a problem. When, we, when it comes to our jobs on the line, when it comes to how many times we're going back and forth with a piece apart from the front end of the car to the back end of the car. And everything's marked down to a science. Everything is marked down to a science. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to understand that science when it comes to motion. Physics. Ergonomics is a Ergonomics. huge issue when it comes to motion over yeah. your head all day long, six days a week, right. 10 hours a day. And people who don't understand how that process works, if you don't understand GMS standards, if you don't understand Calm Whip, if you don't understand what a, what a BD 
you know, you know what the BDP board is and, and level four boards and how they translate over to level two boards and how it goes to a health and safety uh, uh, team at the end of the month where they look at these health and safety issues and how they have to come up with the resolution. See, people, but well, we're just the dumb auto workers. So what the hell do we know? And, and, and they, 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 look at, they look at us as these uneducated people. If we don't have degrees, we're uneducated. Right. I think it's funny because I have a, I have a degree. I don't think of myself as any more educated than anybody who doesn't have a degree. Yep. Educated goes a lot further than the theoretical aspect. So you could sit there as an IE, and we have some fantastic IEs, okay, engineers that, that yep. help the process through. When you sit there and watch that car being built, if you have a moment, right, and you're off the line, you got to really look at this and go, man, this, this takes a lot of brain power. Yeah. and manpower to make this process work from a management standpoint and a union standpoint. Um, and when you look at that, the biggest problem though, is the IE is trained to put everything to get together in a theoretical aspect. This has to work this way because this is how I learned. It doesn't mean it's going to, though. it doesn't mean it's going to, it doesn't mean so. And then what does, what do we do? We save the day. We're the SWAT team. When you think about it, we're the SWAT team. I love that show, by the way. You ever watch that? SWAT? Not, yeah. No, I haven't It's a little seen older that. now. It, it, well, it was a 70s show. This is where my ADD kicks in, everyone. <clears throat> it, it was a 70s show, and I watched it, and now they reinvented it, right? And, and, and I think it's actually been done, but I'm behind on everything. <laughs> if it's not 80s, I'm like way behind on everything. And, and so- It's not the 80s, and you haven't already seen yeah, it. We're, so we're- listen, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So listen- we're the SWAT team where we, we, we have to make the round peg fit in the square hole. Yeah. So they know how good we are doing this. And so they know that we are able to figure yeah. out a way to make it work without any. Well, and one of the things that they always say too, and they're recently trying to change the jobs in our area is that, well, they'll, they'll eventually get, get the hang of it and go faster. Yeah. And so they're banking on the fact that they know that we're good at our jobs and that we'll get better and that it makes it easier so that we can just, even though it's not working theoretically, it works theoretically in the computer right now, but it's not working during, let's say, trials. Yeah. Um, they they bank on the fact that it will work because we'll get better at it. Yeah. And and that's not. And and listen, let, let me let me say this too. This person, uh, Desarge, commented. Yeah. What did she say? <laughs> I think they were figuring four days a week at eight hours a day equals thirty-two hours. Yeah, they they were figuring that out. Mom, <laughs> um, but and, and listen, every time I go over my parents' house, hi, mom, Sarge. Uh, yeah, hi, mom, Sarge. Every time I go over my parents' house, we sit down and have coffee and we talk about all this stuff. We talk about politics, we talk about, we talk about what's going on with General Motors. We, you know, and, and so, and so, are you guys I, a GM family or were you no, first generation? Um, my godmother is how I got in. She worked in the front offices. Uh, she typed my last name in, uh, mm. to, uh, the late Bob Lawson, God bless him. Um, she typed my last name in 300 times on his Commodore 64 or whatever it was back <laughs> then, right? His app, his Macintosh, his Apple, whatever. And and I think he came back from lunch and he saw my, he's like, what is, uh, folks, my last name is 15 letters long. Uh, Snuffleupagus, <laughs> Snuffleupagus. He couldn't, he obviously couldn't say my last name. Realized it was Greek. And he said, I'm assuming this is somebody you would like to come in as summer help because that, that's what we were then. That's what we were supposed to summer be, help. summer help. Even back then, it didn't work out that way. I ended up going in in April. 
of 93. I didn't leave till Christmas. <laughs> came back in February of 94. Wow. Didn't leave till Labor Day. Came back again and worked almost all of 95. Got hired at the end of 95. Wow. So even back then, there was, we would get laid off at certain points. So we didn't hit that 90 day mark. I was going to say it was 90 days and hired, right? Yeah. Yeah. They even made a mistake though. And, and we ended up working like, I don't know, I don't know how bad it got, but we ended up getting awarded thousands of dollars in back pay because they had us working way too long past the expiration of 89 days. Wow. And, uh, I don't even remember how that whole process went, but what, what sucks is if I wouldn't have taken the money, I would have gotten the seniority. Oh, now did you, so did you know that at the time? No. Of course and, and not. so, and so I got an argument with my union guy, right? <laughs> And then I think about it now and I'm like, I was 24 years old. I took the $13,000. Come on. Now who am I fooling? Well, that's probably a lot of money back then. It, it was, it was huge. $13,000 in 1990. You'd probably buy a house with that. Four or five, 90, maybe 96. Um, I don't know about a house, but a you could definitely payment. buy, you can definitely buy probably a decent, a semi-decent new car. Yeah. 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 Gasoline was probably only like a dollar. 35 a it's gallon crazy to think about when i first hired into gm i bought a brand new cruise that you guys built mm -hmm. it was a rs almost fully loaded mm -hmm. and it cost me like twenty four thousand dollars. i could probably take it apart but you still have it no uh, no just I, for fun we could have went out there <laughs> take it apart and put it back together i don't know that that would be fun <laughs> <laughs> I, I i was in so when i was at lordstown i was in diagnostics mm -hmm. i was a data end of the line data response so our job was basically to read codes and, and we figure out electrical problems and, and the car's still moving on the flat track. We only have like a football field or a little bit more. Wow. And the job was to make sure that whatever was wrong, we fixed as much as we could before it hit end of the line. We were like an emergency response team. And so we would make that, we would respond and we would save end of the line quality and, you know, we trying to get it up well over 90% and right. make sure that that car is to the Caroline and off the Caroline. Do we have that at our plant, that job? Uh, it, it's, end of the, it's end of the line repair. Okay. So it's the same thing. Okay. It was called data response. It's, uh, you know, we had a flash. We had to do all that stuff. Like we had to know how to do all that. And it was really cool because you never knew what was coming at you. Right. There were some days where 7,500 cars in a row just absolutely perfect. Then you'd have a situation where if it was, well, if it was a major repair, somebody was putting a seat into the car and shot the bolt and the main body wire harness was off location and they shot the bolt right through the oh, MBWA. So they would have to, they would have to, that would go to the big guys. Right. And right. they would have to change everything out. Uh, if it's just something where, um, you know, basically uh, the, the radio system isn't functioning properly and we knew that it was probably one of the plugs behind the radio. We knew how to quickly take the whole thing apart, plug it in, get it all put back together, flash it, make sure, you know, to run the codes, make sure everything clears and get it off the end of the line before it hits the end of the line. And that, and that kind of speaks to the fact that you kind of have to be educated in order to do some of these things. I mean, yeah, like some of the jobs on the line, a trained monkey can do. Right. But things like that, it's... I mean, it's difficult. It's not, it's not easy. And, and there's not many jobs on and the line. You have to problem solve. Yeah, there's not many jobs. So listen, somebody comes in and they say quality jobs are so easy, right? Well, if somebody comes in off the street that doesn't know how to use GSUP, doesn't know how to go into Root Pareto, doesn't know how to confirm repairs on the computer. Yep. Yes, folks, we use computers. <laughs> um, if they don't know how to go in there and, and, and take care of all that stuff, what to do with the ticket, who they need to call, where they need to call if a certain situation is a repeated situation. Right. I, I mean, you have to be educated in that process in order for that line to run.
Yeah. That's where automation and uh, AI and EV technology, that's what has me wondering, um, how well is this process going to work out? I mean, I don't think it can fully be automated, right? Not as fast. I mean, well, not definitely not as fast as they're pushing for. No. Definitely not as fast. Are you talking about on the manufacturing side or EVs like in general? I, I, let's, let's talk on the manufacturing side first. Okay. Robotics, right? Listen, Elon Musk was hell bent on making sure that he was going to be the first mm -hmm. to run an all robotics plant. Yep. And, and he's now, not. Now he has 22,000 workers. <laughs> it's it, you, yeah. you need people to function properly. If somebody misses something from the human standpoint, human error, you can fix that quickly. Yep. If a robot begins to have problems and shut down, that yep. isn't always going to be. David Hess doesn't shut down and they're over there working on him trying to figure <laughs> out, all right, David Hess missed something, gets in the hole, has to shut the line down for a second and works his way out. Yep. gets help from another person yep. to get his way out of there and it's it's business as normal yep. but we've had situations at our plant where it's not even every not every scenario not every car is exactly the same no. and, and i mean the car it's is the same yeah. the car itself is the same but every scenario every every issue that could arise is different mm -hmm. and can be very different right i mean like you you work in the marriage area yeah not every car gets lifted off a carrier however you've seen it one every couple hundred or thousand i mean how often does that happen I'd say every, I wouldn't say every shift. I'd say maybe one shift to two shifts a week is the, is the going rate right now. And it's, you know, and I think, and they keep but imagine, imagine if you had a robot that didn't know and it just kept on going yeah. and then just messes up all the other jobs. And, 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 and it's happened. The AGVs are robots. Yeah. And how many They're times like, have yeah. they just said, we're done. I don't know how many times the AGVs at our at our facility folks they carry the underbody over to us where we marry the the frame of the vehicle to the underbody of the car. I don't know how many times we looked over and AGVs blinking red and there's 15 guys over there trying to figure it out and we're down for 25 minutes yep. because the AGV went on strike. <laughs> apparently Sean Fain called the AGV and said, "Stand up," and the AGV said, "I'm out of here. I'm not going." You know, and and seriously, and and we're all just standing there and we're like. You're going to do this with robotics, huh? I, I mean, <laughs> that's great. Robotics are fantastic. Technology is fantastic. Yep. It really is. It's a necessity. But this whole thing. How, I, is, how has that changed since you started? 160,000 people worked for North American General Motors from the union standpoint when I started. It's what, wow. 40, 47,000 now. And that's what we have almost total for the, the big three, right? No, no. The big like three is 100. Yeah, big it's three 150. is 150. Well, you said well, yes, yeah. You said 147, right? For so, just GM, for just GM. No, I 160 for GM. So GM actually had more by themselves than all three put together today. Wow. Yep. I mean, it's it's so it's it's taken 30 years. Yeah. Now in the next eight, they want to go just hog wild, and and we're going to go down to you know we're going to build it. So a lot of people think all they keep screaming about are these wage hikes. They want more money. They want more money. The, the elephant in the room is what we want to know is what's going on with EV and AI technology. What's going on with EV and AI technology? Because that to me is more important, not because I'm going to be here. I'm going to be retired, but I want to know from, from a worker standpoint, what is their role in this situation? You're just going to get rid of everybody. Or are you going to educate? Are there going to be educate an educational process where people learn and understand AI that's technology? That's what I think would probably have to happen. I mean, because I if you look at like grocery stores, for instance, I mean, it's a very simplistic way of 
comparing it to manufacturing, but yeah. um, used to have, you know, people that check people out at the grocery store, you baggers, you had all these different roles. But now you have these self, uh, uh, self, self checkout yeah. lanes and you have a lot more of them. However, you still have employees and there's employees doing different things now. Like they'll do the, um, the shopping around the store now and then deliver it or bring it to your car. Mm. So it might just change. Right. Right. So why just, aren't you, why aren't you telling us what your ideas are? Do you think they know though? I mean, I'm sure, I guess corporate probably knows. So when you have but, a company, the size of general motors, they forecast, they have a one-year plan. They have a three-year plan. They have a five-year plan. They have a 10-year plan. They know damn well what they're doing. This is, this is that when, when they act like, you know, they're, they're, they're just taking a shot in the dark. These are not dumb people. These are extremely intelligent, business-oriented, business-minded people. They know exactly what they're doing in five years and 10 years. Yeah. And for whatever reason, okay, sometimes you can't really give your whole hand. You can't because things change, right? When you, when, in business, when you talk about a SWOT analysis, you talk about strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. Mm -hmm. Threats appear out of nowhere sometimes that you, you didn't see coming. And you've already promised something that may not be right. viable for your for for the well being of your right. of your company. That's the thing, so. though, is uh, AI changes it a lot. Like I, ever, I mean, I use AI all the time for the podcast, mm -hmm. and within the last year, it's changed a lot. Yeah. Like I mean, it's integrated in almost everything now. Yeah, which is insane. Like it I mean, is. so 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 I mean, like how can anybody really predict? what it's going to be like in five years. I don't think they can predict what it's going to be like. Um, here's the problem with AI. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful thing. Unless it gets in the wrong hands. Right. That's what's scaring everybody. Yeah. If this gets into the wrong hands, okay, what are the security measures to prevent this? That should be the focus because if it gets into the wrong hands, it's going to be a nightmare. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's, what's got everybody scared. And, and understandably so. Yeah. Um, I mean, everybody was scared about like technology and vehicles. Remember that? Yeah. They were scared that you yeah. could hack into somebody's car and drive it into a tree. Yeah. Mama Sarge said something. She said, saw on the news the other day where an autonomous car ran over a lady. What's up with that? Did you, uh, did you see that? I did. I did see. I did see. Um, I think it was a Tesla. Oh. I think it ran in. Now, this isn't the first time. It's mm, happened in yeah. New York City a couple of times. I, I don't know exactly where else it happened. But this, God, how do you say this without sounding absolutely like you don't care about what happened to that poor lady? <laughs> These are the things that are going to happen and that we're almost going to have to be able to be okay with to get to, you know, listen. Well, do you think we kind of like as a society, we know that like an autonomous vehicle, it's smarter than us, right? Yeah. We think like it's an all powerful vehicle. You, you just get in it and go and it protects us. Mm -hmm. We're fine. But it's not like that. I mean, no. it's it's there's a risk to it. There's a huge risk, and and that poor lady. I I I thought I heard she was okay. I hope I'm right there. But I think it has killed a few people. Mm -hmm. Um, when when this has happened, I mean, it, people it, fall asleep in behind yeah. the wheel. So, I, I video see, games. Yeah, I, I saw this. <laughs> I saw this picture one time. Okay, and it was four people, and there's a table like we're sitting at, <laughs> playing and they're cards. playing cards. They're playing cards at the table. No one's driving the car. <laughs> That's the concept they're looking at. Dave, I could tell you, I will never be able to do that. I will never see, you know, MSU, they have a uh, self-driving um, bus that they plan on shuttling people, uh, kids around campus on. Good luck. It's I, parked I, right here. Yeah. 
right around the corner. I, I can't, I can't even understand that. Like, and again, so do we embrace it because we can't understand it? Do we just do, do we just turn our head and say, no way, never. I, I think my age group and older, I think we can't possibly understand that because we didn't grow up that way. It's going to, it's, it's going to take maybe my kids, maybe my kids are going to be like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> See, when I was, you know, my 14, soon to be 14 year old, when I was his age, I couldn't wait to get behind the steering wheel of a car mm -hmm. because that's how that was my mindset because yep. that's what everybody was doing. Maybe as he gets older, he sees that maybe that's his dream. Well, more and more, know. more and more young people today don't have driver's license. Right. They're waiting longer or they strange. just don't go get them, which is very weird. It's very strange. 16th birthday that day, brand new 1986 Camaro. My parents, <laughs> I didn't drive that thing often, but I drove it that day, got my license and was the happiest person in Northeast Ohio. I, I, but, but when I train my athletes, I don't can't, I can't tell you how many of my 17, 18 year olds get dropped off in the Uber. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or by their parents in oh, order man. for me to train them. And I'll say to them, you know, so-and-so do, do you, you don't have your license. I don't want my license <laughs> and it blows my mind, but it's a different, it's a different mindset. It right? is. Yeah. So the thing about this is this, I feel like it's being forced upon us and that's my problem. Mm. I think there is a place for EV technology. I think there is a place for hybrid technology. I think it's a wonderful concept. However, why are you forcing this on us? Um, and, and, you know, seven, I think right now, seven point and, and correct me if I'm wrong folks out there, because it's been a while since I read this number, not, not that long, 7.2 something percent of the country drives EVs. Okay. 7.2. No, in Michigan is hybrids considered an EV. I, I, I don't know. I would say no. Yeah. I would say no, yeah. or it would probably be a higher number. Right. Right. And the hybrid concept, concept, I, I get it. I understand where you're coming from there. Yep. I uh, bought one. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I may go that route. I would never go all EV. I'm not. Yeah. There's, there's a, a I, I understand. Move. I understand some of the, some of the pros that go with it, but the cons, maybe it's my age group. The cons far outweigh the pros. I just I mean, feel there's a, way. there's a lot they have to figure out about it. <sighs> the lithium battery. It costs more than the car. Number one, and and to get it replaced, there was a there was an article one time, and it was a true story about a guy who paid twenty seven thousand dollars to have the battery replaced. But I found out later in the research that it was an obsolete part, or it was an obsolete something, mm. where the dealership had to do so much to get this battery that it raised the price of the battery. Do I still know if it's justified that it's twenty seven thousand dollars? I can't put my wrap my head around that. Um, but you know, dealerships, uh, I can't wrap my head around. I just, just had a thermostat issue. You know this because mm -hmm. you texted me one day and said, <laughs> the fan on your truck out here is running still. My thermostat went bad. I went to the dealership. They ran a diagnostics on it. They said it's yep. your thermostat. They gave me a quote, $723 to change the thermostat. <sighs> me and my dad changed it in about 35 minutes, did everything we had to do, you know, make sure there were no air bubbles in the hoses, filled it up, back up with radiator fluid. Change the thermostat out. Thirty-five minutes tops, ninety-three dollars. Wow, that's what every fire dad a good steak. Uh, yeah. No, not yet. <laughs> now, now my mom's listening, so now, now I'm going to have to do that. Um, no, so so Billy, basically, I want to know where that six hundred and some dollars went. The guy would have had that done in twenty minutes with all the things they have in the yeah. dealership. But he would. You're ridiculous so, amount of money. So was it where you just installed the big <laughs> waterfalls out front? 
I mean, like, what am I paying for here? Yeah. Um, you didn't pay that guy dollars uh, in labor. So it's, it's ridiculous right now. And I, I don't know what all goes in there. Um, I've been going to this dealership forever and I'll continue to, but when it repair, if I do it myself, do it myself. There's no way I'm going to spend that kind of money. Yeah. Um, I'll take the time. Uh, and the problem EVs is they almost that you would have to take to a dealership, anything that goes wrong on it. Yeah, for sure. And you know, so less parts means less people, more robotics, more AIs, less people. Even if you grab many, you talk to a store. So they, you know, they take people and they in different, different, different parts of right. different worlds. Now that we have the, Uber, yep. the grocery shopping will deliver your groceries to you or they'll come out along with your bags. And right. so you can do that. Right. Yeah. I still don't equate to the amount of workers you once had right. at that particular store. No, it definitely doesn't. And you know, is it a convenience in a way tumor it is if to give in of checkout forever there's always standing there as do you want i'll be in the i'll be okay i'm in the human line as sebastian monosco comedian sebastian's mom i'll human line and the lady do you want to and i'll say no thanks out here it was a union <laughs> right it was it was this you eliminated somebody's job, right? Right. You know, and just to take more money, even though you were profitable, yeah, wasn't enough for you. Yeah. Like, but the people who I seen an article the other day, people were protesting at Walmart um, in their self checkout checkout lines. They're they're getting or they, they were just like, see, you go on. Yeah. I'll see if I can find. So it. so eventually, it's almost like I was forced into it because now there's only one line with a cashier, and there's different account registers if i go to the one line i'm literally standing down back by the meat section like 25 people deep and i don't have time for 25 people deep you know what i mean especially when you you know when those 25 people you're going to have three or four that just are in slow motion there's nothing quick about their process so they're not in a hurry so i'm almost forced i feel like i'm forced into the self-checkout and there's nothing you can do about it there's really nothing you can do about it what am i going to do and they just keep installing more I mean, Meyer here in Michigan, there's like maybe one lane open, if that. For for with the human with being, the, the human line, yeah. yeah, human line, yeah. yeah, that's what I call it. And 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 so it, it's unfortunate. It, it's the way we're going. EV technology. So, between when it comes to vehicles, okay. In the last, I cannot remember how many years. But they've made in profit together a quarter of a trillion dollars in profit, mostly on gas. Okay, vehicles they sell that take gasoline. And, and so my question is, or, or, or my, my thought process is, I have a hard time believing that the board of directors, the CEOs, the people, the president, the vice president, presidents of North American operations, global operations, I have a hard time that they're sitting, believing that they're sitting in a room thinking to themselves, this is the best opportunity we have when 7% of our market is going towards this and the other 90% is going towards this, 90 plus percent is going. To, this is where we're making our trillions of dollars in profit. This is where we have a technology that's pretty cool, but by 2030, right. you want this fully implemented? Right. right now in Michigan, there's 37,000 
vehicles that are EV. 37,000. How many cars are on the road in Michigan? Millions. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 I want, and I want to say one more thing before I forget. I just was reading an article and watching a video. The guy from Ford who is in charge of EV technology, he's in charge of EV. He decided to take a ride in one of their electric vehicles up north. For those of you not from Michigan, up north is up north. <laughs> it's the UP. It's where you, it's Mackinac Island, right? It, yeah. it's, it's all that goes on up north. There's, there's so much that people do up north. It's a big deal. And it's, you know, we're talking four, five hour drive, yeah. maybe even six. Yeah. Um, when he got back from his trip, he said, we may have to reevaluate this whole EV thing and how we go forward with it in the future. Mm. So it, what is going on? Why, are, why is this administration throwing so much money at these big three? Got to get this done. We got to get this done. Here's all the money it, because the, the, the environment. Well, and what's interesting about the, this, um, this administration throwing money at the big three is that they're not even giving Elon Musk money. And he owns an electric car company, which is why. And I didn't know that. Yeah, they're not. They're, they're not. So if you buy an electric vehicle from GM, Ford, or Chrysler, or Stellantis, you get a tax break. Yes. And they're not offering that to anybody who buys a Tesla. Hmm. Is it because Elon Musk speaks his mind? I don't know. Probably because he's not union and the union didn't back him. Okay. I right. would assume. Okay. That could be. I mean, and again, that's all. That's us just giving an opinion. I don't know. I don't know. Or the union did. The union backed Biden, right? Did I, yeah. listen? They asked Sean Fain. They asked him a question, and I haven't seen what he said. His latest, I mean, meaning today. Mm. But the last I saw, he said, "We're not backing anybody until they prove themselves to us." Yep. And he hates Trump. <laughs> That's the two things that we know. I like your mom. And, she said they don't like Musk because he calls Biden out. There's no fear. <laughs> you put her in one of these seats over here and you'll have. That's where you get it from. That's where, that's where <laughs> I get it from. You, you, so oh, I'm being way, I'm toned down big time. Um, Cause you know, mama's watching. Well, well, no, but no, I, I, I agree with my mom on a lot of things. Not everything. When I don't listen, when I don't agree with her, I drink a lot of organic coffee because <laughs> I have to get ready. Because right? she's no folks. She's no joke. If you do not, Come to the table with mom, Sarge. Don't come to the gunfight with a knife. Uh, she's ready for you. She's ready for you. And, and so, you know, basically that could very well be it. That could very well be it. Yeah. But, but I know that I, I think when it comes to president Fain, his biggest, um, his biggest problem with Mr. Trump is some of the things that he has said in the past. Donald Trump doesn't always say the right things like, when they closed Lordstown, he really wasn't. And I don't know what he was thinking when he said at a, he was at a rally. Don't, don't sell your homes. Don't move. It's all coming back. Oh, and you're sitting there looking at him and you're going, yeah, it's easy. Billionaire to say. I, I was beyond irritated, you know, and as I'm getting ready to pack my truck to head four hours North, right. Uh, with my then geez, eight and five year old. Um, and, you know, we had a game plan already in place. How mm -hmm. are we going to do this? Yeah. But that didn't mean it was any easier. And, um, and it's been five years. It's been five and where's, years. Where's those jobs? It's go well, it's been four years and two months. Mm -hmm. Almost. So almost. Where, where are those jobs at? Well, I are mean, they coming let's, back? See, let's see. Lordstown, 
Um, there's been two or three different entities that have been in there. One of them went bankrupt. One of them is being sued. Wasn't one of them Lordstown Motors? Lordstown Motors is gone. Uh, there is a huge lawsuit right now, I think, with Foxconn. Um, basically, Foxconn bought it? I, I, I believe there was. I don't know if it's Foxconn or not, but I know that for whatever reason, um, I don't know if it was Foxconn or was it Lordstown Motors? One of them went to their investors and one of their one of their bargaining chips with their investors to get them to invest in their particular company uh, from a stock standpoint was that they had just signed a multi-million dollar contract with the United States Postal Service to build 100,000 electrical postal trucks. And that was a lie. And, and that was one thing. And then oh. there was a few other things that they got caught. And so their investors are suing them. It's, it's a complete nightmare from A to Z. Wow. It's a complete nightmare from A to Z. And in my own personal opinion, I do feel that eventually what's going to happen is that General Motors is going to move back into Lordstown, which is their plan from the very beginning. Why the hell would you build a battery plant that makes lithium batteries on the same property of a facility you just closed in an area of the United they States? Really? Yes. In an area of the United States that is in no way, shape, or form anywhere near your supply chain management. It's almost like a snake when you look at it. You go from you know Bay City and you, you keep working your way down all the way to Arlington. Yeah. It's almost like a snake. Lordstown's way out of the way. So why did you put the battery plant from a supply chain management from, from a cost in Detroit? From a yeah, from a cost, yeah, from a cost structure standpoint, you're way out of your way shipping these batteries all over the place. You're not building a vehicle there. Right. Why would you do that for? Doesn't make any sense unless you from day one had this in your mind already. You hated the union. The union fought you tooth and nail. You came up with this BS plan. Okay. You got, you have people believe in this garbage. Okay. You decimated a community. I don't care how people think there's people back in Youngstown that say, Oh, we're no different now than we were then. That is a mm -hmm. load of crap. Okay. This is a community that lost 20,000 jobs plus steel mills closing several hospitals, Kmart distribution centers, Delphi Packard, Lordstown, We've lost 100,000 plus jobs in Youngstown, Ohio. Oof. Youngstown, Ohio had almost 200,000 people when I was just a wee little lad, okay? I think now Youngstown, Ohio has about the same amount of people that GM have working in North American operations from a union standpoint. Wow. This was one of the, this was, if I'm not mistaken, the second largest steel producing industry area in the United States or maybe even in North America. Wow. And now it is literally... Look up any video about Youngstown and, and, and find out what we're known for besides, unfortunately, back in the day, the mob. Okay. <laughs> it was huge. It was huge. There's no, there's no hiding that. Um, uh, still. Yep. And, 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 and the best pizza in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dave, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not lying <laughs> to you. Um, when I'm up here, I had pizza in, um, it wasn't Youngstown. It was, uh, was it Youngstown? What's another city near there? Akron. Akron. That's what it was. Yeah. Akron. Yeah. Is it similar to that? Uh, or is it not as good? I'm not going to say not as good. <laughs> I'm not, we had a we had a neighborhood in Youngstown called Briar Hill. Um, and you, you know what Briar Hill pizza is? Mm -mm. No. Um, it's not really mozzarella cheese. It's like a Parmesan sprinkled cheese with green peppers and a different kind of sauce. Okay. It's cooked up way different. Uh, I, when I tell you, you'll be asking me to bring it back every time i bring it up here <laughs> the only problem is by the time i get here it's cold you have to heat it up mm. right um but there's there's pizza is is king down there 
And um, it's like the donuts yeah. here. But that's it. Yeah. Quality <laughs> dairy donuts. Crack <laughs> cocaine. But, I, you know, so, I mean, basically, Youngstown has been decimated. Then we lose Lordstown. Yeah. And uh, this is this is this is something, you know, our CEO said something in an interview. I, I watched her say it and I, I almost put my head through the wall when she said it. <laughs> literally and dave's laughing because he can actually visualize that and there's probably some people watching that can visualize that that i might know personally but she said strikes they're, they're one of their biggest worries right now is that strikes decimate and cause a negative impact on communities mm -hmm. hmm. do you know the nerve that is <laughs> she said that recently yeah this when this was all getting ready to go down wow the nerve of saying something like that because my question to her and Mr. Farley and the gentleman who, and I use that term loosely, who runs Stellantis. My question to these three and their board of directors and the president of North American operations for each one and, and, and everybody who falls in line with them in Detroit. My question is, if strikes decimate and cause negativity and a negative impact on communities, what do plant closings cause? That's what I want to know because they have no problem closing plants. Yeah. Since I was at Lordstown for the first 25 years, this was nothing new to us. Ypsilanti, Oldsmobile up here yeah. in Lansing, Michigan, two plants in New York, one in Baltimore, Shreveport, Janesville, Wisconsin, Mansfield, Ohio, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Oklahoma City. I keep one if Detroit. you want. Detroit. So all these people were coming into our plant. It was like immigrants yeah. coming in from everywhere. Right. And I remember thinking to myself, as these people would come to Lordstown, we always would say, Thank God, you know, that we're so viable and we're, we're pro, you know, we're so productive and, and we're doing so well here because how, how scary and how horrible right. is it for these people? We ha I had a guy, Jorge Bermudez, uh, lived in New Jersey, worked at a plant there. He was on my data response team. And every Friday he'd go over at the end of the shift and he would fill up this big igloo cooler with ice from the ice machine, getting ready to drive for the, back. For the, for the trip back. And, you know, he was like, what are you going to do, amigo? You know, what are you going to do? Right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's just, it's amazing. Now you've got people over the place. Um, it's, it's not what they wanted to do. It's what they had to do. My friend, Ellen Zapka, she, she is in Spring Hill, Tennessee. There's a lot of, there's a lot of good that goes with that. She's a huge country music singing fan. Right. So yeah. she's right there, right. And in the heart of it, yeah. um, she bought a house that's worth like four times more than what she built I down there. Yeah, because of the high, so she has some positives going on down there and there's yeah. a lot of lordstown people that are down there with her okay but she's literally eight hours away from her boys they're a little bit older now right they're in their early 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 20s mm. um one of her boys lives in detroit in the suburbs of detroit and the other one lives back in Youngst the youngstown area but she's that far away she's a 2008 hire so she's trying to figure out what, what am i going to do because right. i don't have a pension I don't get healthcare when I retire. Um, and so, so it's a different dynamic for her. Right. Yeah. And she left not knowing what was going to happen. So she may not even be part of the arbitration because they would say to her, maybe she agreed to leave. You agreed to leave when really her back was against the wall. What am I supposed to do? And then people say this all the time. No one told you you had to do that. That mm. fires me up. Nobody works for anybody where we told you you had to do that. Right. But the fact of the matter is you have to work. And if you're in a situation where you've been with a company for a certain period of time, yeah, there is gonna... a certain level of comfort where you are doing a job that you understand. And so well, you're invested that, too at, invested. at a certain point. Yeah. You're invested. I hate that. That, that is a worst 
excuse people can make. You don't have to do that. You could go do something else. Yeah, no one told you to do that. You right. know, I, I hate that. Don't ever, folks, if you're listening, please come up with a different excuse than that. <laughs> please. Uh, it's absolutely. So I should have just walked away after 25 years. Right. We got five years right. to go. I'm going to be 54-ish, 55-ish when I retire with a pension and then go do, and I, and I have more, you know, more, what do they call it? Irons in the fire. Yeah. I always want to say kettles in the, I don't know what I'm thinking of sometimes, but irons in the fire. <laughs> so, you know, it's not going to just be because everyone thinks our pension, those who have a pension, they think we, we, we get, you know, $3,200 a month for yep. our pension. No folks, yep. we get 1600 a month from General Motors yep. and the rest comes from social security. That's it's. 3,200 from general motors. Right. And, and, and that's never a guarantee. You never know when no. there's stipulations in the contract where the pension can go away at any time. You know, it, it you, I think it has something to do with profitability. Uh, I don't know if it comes with, you know, net revenue margins or, or what, what it is, what something goes under the line somewhere for a certain period of time into the red. I don't know what I literally oh. have no idea what I'm talking about, but Sure don't look like that's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Think about this. COVID 2020. We made record record profits during COVID. Yep. Record profits. Well, we were still working. We were still working <laughs> because COVID can't get you when you're working no. on the line. No. Nope. 2021. Part shortage. It's like going to a restaurant and uh, wearing your mask till you get to the table and then take it off and COVID can't get you. COVID can't get you at the table. It can get you in the doorway. <laughs> Be careful. Once you get to that table, can't get you anymore. You know what's sad about when you make sarcastic remarks like that? People say that you're racist. I never got that. I know, don't understand what the hell that means. And they also say that you don't care about how many people COVID killed. Mm. I, like, this, this is the absolute absurd mindset. Yeah, I don't care that people died from COVID. No. Yeah, you know me, serial no. killer mentality. <laughs> it, it, I, of super course, spreader. of course. You're a super spreader. Of course, the disease was real. And of course, it killed people. Yeah. I mean... I feel that there's a lot that goes with that. There's definitely a lot that goes with it, like right. health, personal health. I'm not allowed to talk about that, right? We can talk about it. Yeah. So people, <laughs> here's here's what here's what pisses me off to no extent as as a as a professional trainer of 21 years now. Okay. When you talk about metabolic health, you talk about fatty liver disease, when you talk about lung disease, when you talk about so many different forms of heart disease, there, there's another C word out there that nobody seems to care about cancer. Mm-hmm. Cancer kills millions every year, not just 2020. 2021 right. cancer kills millions yearly kids kids all the way up and yep. through yet there's no outcry and the way that it was approached with covid why don't we approach cancer that way too why don't we get that vigilant with cancer and fight this from a prehabilitory standpoint which means rehabilitory is when it's too late you already got you already have the disease mm-hmm. because of years of Horrible eating, smoking, drinking, bad, yeah. bad life, you know, bad habits, no exercising, right? Yeah. None, none of that stuff. And then after 10, 12 years, that's when the, the problems start. That's why no one pays attention to them because it takes COVID was as soon as you got it, boom. But what people don't understand is I want you guys to go back and look at, look at everybody who passed from COVID and tell me how many of them had underlying metabolic diseases. How many of them? Because the last the last time I looked, it was 75%. Does that mean that they deserve to get COVID and die? No, I didn't say that. I yeah. said that 
I bet you that percentage would have been a lot lower. With oh, does that mean that those that did die would have been okay? This is what I get. This is why I don't like talking about it. Yeah, just stupid comment after stupid comment. Talk about uneducated. <laughs> it's what we're saying is we could prevent COVID from not not existing. It's here, but it can become the flu. Right. If we can simply understand that we need to be better from a health. Yep. You know, when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to supplementation, when it comes to exercise, yep. I'm not saying you can never eat bad again. I'm saying learn how to eat properly and better yourself from the bad habits. Or I can't have a drink. No, but you're going to have to cut out the, the, you know, 12 to 15 beers a week. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, you know, that's a problem I have. We need to work on helping people get help with that. Yeah. That's a serious issue. Alcohol, alcoholism, um, oh my cigarette addiction, huge problem. And just look at the amount of people we work with that you talk to and they're like, I'm going to go home and have a beer tonight or a couple. And it's like, and, that, and that's a nightly regular routine for them. Yeah. And it's sad. Yeah. It's, it's really sad because then, you know, they're just slowly killing themselves. Slowly killing and then themselves. if something like COVID comes along, then bam, yeah, they're done. COVID, it, it exasperates the situation times 10. It really does, especially if it's involved with some type of lung disease where it's in your breathing airways. And, and, and that's, that's, that's a fact. That's the truth. That's an absolute fact. It's not that people didn't die from COVID, but you know, how many people died from COVID who had these underlying issues? Yeah. Like that your, maybe, maybe things could have gotten better. Maybe things could have. Like your mom said, don't forget the many people died with COVID, not from it. Yeah. I mean, there were people that died in car accidents that had COVID and they said they died from COVID. True story. I'm not going to give names. True story. A buddy of mine. I haven't talked to him in a while now. His dad had three strokes. Three. The third stroke, when he was taken to the hospital, he was an older guy. And he, he from, from a metabolic disease standpoint, he was, he was doing pretty good in life until, you know, the strokes. And then the third stroke did him in. Passes away. On his death certificate, they put that he died from COVID. What? Did he have COVID? He had COVID. Whoa. He was in there for his third stroke, unconscious. Whoa. Now, you tell me how the hell. Yeah, funding for that's that. Not, they went after them and lost. No shit. No. That's serious. Now, you, you explain that to me. This is what makes me mad because, folks, here's the thing. It's not that I don't say that COVID is real and what a nightmare that was in 2020. It's... Why are they trying to instill more and more? There's enough fear already instilled. Let's make it out to be worse mm -hmm. than it is just to scare the hell out of everybody even more. Yeah. When you can say, listen, we're finding this as a problem. We can tackle this from our, listen, our scientific research, some of the smartest people in the world. Yeah. We're going to work here from our end and coming up with the right, yeah. whatever you guys from your end, we need you to start being better. As right. human beings, right. understand nutritional eating, understand supplementation, what's good for you, what's bad for you. Educate yourself. You educated the hell out of yourself with COVID. <laughs> you people were going from link to link to link to link to link. Most of it was misinformation too. <laughs> so, so, so change direction, change energy, and educate yourself on what you can do to be healthier so that if you do get COVID, I got COVID three times. Yep, me too. Um. I'd say there was the one time where, and I followed protocol all the way through. Yeah. Um, and and I, the one time I was down for a day where I just felt lethargic. Other than that, you know how bad I wanted to work out all the yeah. rest of the time. 
I was like, now, oh, oh, you're saying, you know, you're not the, you're not the majority. I know because the majority in our country aren't following protocol. Right. Well, what, what's crazy though, is I was at that time when I got COVID the first time I had, I was training for the ultra marathon and I had just gotten done with a running a, a, a training run. It was like 26 miles. So it was a marathon. And like two days later I got COVID now. Sure. I'm like in tip shop, top shape. I'm in extremely yes. healthy, but in the same sense, I'm not healthy because I'm pushing my body to these extremes. So it broke down my, my immune system to where I was able, I was more susceptible to getting sick and getting sick, like worse. Yeah. Um, so when I got COVID, it was, it was terrible. Yeah. Like, I remember I got COVID, um, from the dealership. I just bought my truck and the very next day I went to work and I'm sitting at work and it just hit me like that. Yeah. I'm sitting there on the gas tank job and I'm just like, it was on break and I'm like, oh man, like what's happening? My body just started hurting. I'm yeah. sweating. That night I went home. I think I got tested and yeah, COVID. Um, and then I was down for weeks after that. Couldn't work out. I remember that. Um, I was fine <clears throat> for the most part. Like once the, like the first two days went by, most of my symptoms subsided, but then, um, I ended up just with like loss of taste and cardio was extremely difficult extremely like walking up and down stairs was do you hard. do you experience any of you know the after covid symptoms that no. people say that you you know every now and then i'll have a cough and it'll really? come, it'll come and go i don't know if that's that covid cough i don't know what but it hasn't hampered me breathing wise okay i don't have a problem breathing i go through some extreme high intensity interval training yeah workouts that i'm just like going through a wall with them <laughs> and and it's not been a problem that one day, there was that one day that I said I was down. I was down. I mean, not sick to my stomach, not uh, a fever or anything. I felt like I hit, like I got hit by a semi. Yeah. Like it just could not function. Yeah. I could not. And I thought to myself, this is, this sucks, right? This uh, COVID's not a joke. No. And I think no. that's what people understand. We're not saying COVID's a joke. We're saying that I don't understand why, and and I, I see what she commented on there, and that that's been something that's been said before that many people died with COVID, not from it, but then she said something else too, as far as hospitals um, got more funding based on the number of COVID deaths they had. Yeah, yeah. and and I mean, I, I I I don't know basically if I've heard that a million times. Yeah, you know, and you know what people will say though. So some people on this side will say fake news, mm. but I, I've seen it so many. I've seen so many different from both sides. Yeah, but the, the point is you could be tip top shape or you could be in terrible shape and both people get COVID. But if you're in tip top shape, you're more than likely going to bounce back. The likelihood of you, true. the likelihood of you ending up in the hospital and on knocking on death's door is very low. It is, and there's, listen, it's an absolute fact. There's no, there's no arguing that. It, it, uh, people will though. They will. But, but, but there's no arguing. So it. my, one of my friends, extremely overweight, got COVID, ended up getting um, the antibody shot or whatever, um, monoclonal antibodies. They gave it to him. He's a young dude. They gave it to him because of his risk of, you know, like ending up in the hospital. Yeah. I got COVID. Not once did they suggest that I should get that because they knew I'd bounce back. Yeah. They even, they, they even, you know, would give different disclaimers about if this is your situation, don't even come in. Right. Deal with it because they were so overwhelmed. <laughs> With um, what is she doing? You never told us you had COVID. <laughs> this is this is becoming. Uh, I got my coffee. So, yes, I did. I did tell you I had COVID. 
Me and the boy stayed home. You're being a super spreader. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it was Thanksgiving <laughs> and we ended up not having uh, Thanksgiving. I ended up yeah. with uh, COVID during Thanksgiving too. Yeah. And my boys, uh, they're not getting that. I'm letting everybody know this now. They will not get the shot. Mm. Absolutely not. Zero. Not happening. I got the shot the first time. Did you really? Yes. I got it the first time. I didn't get it the second time or whatever. And I didn't get the booster. I won't be boosted. You're not boosting me period they say that the more you get it the higher the likelihood of you getting COVID is don't know and i'm, I'm not here to find out and and that's that <laughs> and I, I anybody who wants to be entertained right now i don't know <laughs> what else you can what else you're doing at home folks but i i know for a fact that i, I did i did tell her that i had COVID. oh that's hilarious <laughs> But this will go on for this will be an argument for months. <laughs> for months. <laughs> you put us at risk. No, yeah, no. no, I didn't. We didn't go over. We didn't go over there when we had COVID. There's certain things you don't do. Yeah. I mean, if you have COVID, keep your ass at home. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's it's not. So you have to wear a mask. Okay. And, and and whatever. Now now what's there's a new there's a new strain coming. Whatever R two D two. Whatever it is. C two Do you think? Do you think that you should have to uh, do all follow those protocols? I mean, considering that, let's say you'd get you get sick. I mean, anything could be COVID today, right? Like a, the sniffles, like the symptoms vary widely. You could have like a runny nose and just kind of feel down a little bit and have COVID. Do you think you should have to go get tested so that let's say your coworkers know you have COVID when there's not even things in place anymore for you to have like COVID no. time off? No. Or should you just go to work at like like normal and well you what do we do at work? The people who show up and they have the sniffles, they wear a mask. Should and you the, have to and, do that? And, well, well the work the work tells us you still come into work. But should you have to wear a mask? Uh, I don't know. Because how many times have we seen the studies about wearing the mask? I oh mean, god, what, what a nightmare that was. There was a there was a I think it was a doctor he had a mask on and he had a vape and he vaped through the mask and the cloud <laughs> the cloud of smoke that came out he's like the, the particles that come out spit particles are a lot smaller than than smoke and they come out a lot easier I, you know there was one time there was a there was a point in time years ago when you seen dr fauci talk about masks where's he been by the way uh well rfk wrote a book about him okay the, the real anthony fauci well where's he at and, he retired. And, oh, did he? Yeah. That's nice. And, and and so literally talking about masks and how they're actually maybe more detrimental to your health mm -hmm. than not wearing a mask. Yep. Then that video was, you know, oh, it's 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 the way you're looking at it. They they cut that video. They yep. there was nowhere where that video was cut. It was clean, dry. That's what he said. Yep. I, I watched it. Yep. There's no nowhere if you watch the time, if you slow it down. No, it wasn't. Or that person who did it is fantastic. I'm going to tell you right now. And they're in the wrong line of work. Right. Um, he basically just said, he basically said just that. And and then all of a sudden, now you have to mask up. Everybody mask up. Yep. And it well, was just lied. funny. He lied because he didn't want everybody to go and buy all the masks. Because the healthcare professionals needed them. Right. So what were we supposed to do? <laughs> I mean, they're just, the, the mask thing divided this i never thought a damn mask was going to mm. divide this country the way it did i remember looking at asian people uh, like on campus mm -hmm. msu campus when they'd wear when they're sick they would wear a mask like oh what do they got you always kind of looked at them funny yeah and then covid happened and everybody wears a mask and now you don't think twice about it no no
I, I see in people regardless, um, you know, regardless of, of their cultural background, that will wear a mask. We had a girl at work that would wear a mask when she didn't feel good. Way really? back, way back in the late nineties, early two thousands. I've only noticed it like on campus. I mean, because a lot of those people are more, I guess, health conscious. Like a they're lot very of your, much, very a lot much of more your Asian cultures are yes. a lot more health conscious. Very, very much so. From a from a physical standpoint, from a mobility, mm-hmm. and from an overall strength standpoint, yep. to nutritional value and and everything that goes with that, yep. and how to keep yourself healthy, they're way ahead of us. Yeah, way ahead of us. And and it's because you don't care. No, they act like they care, but they yeah. don't. Uh, and if they did, we wouldn't be in the situation we're in. Yeah, it's ridiculous. How many people did you know that almost forty percent of our doctors are considered to be obese? And I'm not surprised. And these are the people that are telling us. That, uh, so, so some of the smartest people in the world, doctors. Mm-hmm. Something. There's no question in my mind. Some of the smartest people in the world. Yep. Doctors, they're trained to diagnose and cure but when it comes to the prehabilitating you know prehabilitating part when it comes to understanding how to stop it from happening in the first place yeah i don't know exactly i'm sorry but i don't put my trust in them no i don't no and and that's just the way it goes um i had a doctor uh tell me when i so i went to the doctor uh i don't want to say why i went to the doctor but i went to the doctor and i was kind of telling her about some things going on i have rash i have no no (laughs) nothing like that (laughs) and uh i was telling her some about some things i have going on i'm stressed out and she told me i need to do less okay she's like you 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 should just consider doing less and i was like well i do the podcast i'm i do this business i have this i i'm I'm stressed out and she's like well you just consider doing less okay i was like so you're telling me i should be less ambitious Uh, okay so I can understand if she was saying this in a way that you should have uh, down point periods. So mm. you're doing what you're doing. Start taking every third weekend off and just relaxing and enjoying. That's not what she was saying. So that's, she was saying I should just stop doing things. No. And I was like, no, no. like you, no. do you want me to be depressed? No, no, it, <laughs> it's, it's, there's an understanding. You have to have an understanding. Okay. There's, you know, when we talk about rhabdomyolysis, that's a real thing. Right. Um, yeah. I know several people that have had it. We Cipriano. know. Yeah. Cipriano <laughs> Benavides. Um, and uh, a lady that I had on our podcast, Kim Rigetti's Vabic, she had it. To, she almost died. Yeah, yeah. She almost died. And, and so um, rhabdomyolysis is the thing where you overexert yourself from an exercise, not always exercise. It could be anything. Mm. It could be a physical job on top of exercise top of stress in your life would that be like a lack of uh hydration and just nutrition huge because i don't know about nutrition because both of these people that we're talking about are huge into you know taking and eating. right but you said you could get it just from like a stressful job or something well i mean so physically stressful and mentally Mm. stressful I mean, it could be anything. It could be a foreman on a construction, you know, crew that works in really hot weather. Oh, okay. And, right. and then you're going, and then you're also doing CrossFit training. Right. Okay. On top of raising yeah. three kids between the ages of four and six. I mean, you're just asking. Right. And you're working out six days a week. You're working seven days a week. You're married. Yeah. You're trying to make that work. That's just a, that's a, that is literally a perfect storm uh, for that to happen. And, and so there's that. So maybe you have to implement downtime you know, and periodize it. Right. But just right. to say, I'm not doing CrossFit training anymore. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not working. I'm not doing, you well, know, I'm going to have to quit my job and find a less stressful job. No, you just have to find ways to, for some downtime. 
I think it's a problem when you have doctors that are not giving out the proper advice in in physical fitness and health, overall health, and what's what's good for like ambition and drive, especially for like a young person. Yeah. I, you know what? I think this is the bigger problem because doctors are looked at as elite mindset, um, cure disease. Mm, right. Um, that's a huge thing, right? These are people that go in and operate on our hearts, our brains and save lives. Yep. This is huge. Yep. I have a cousin. She's on the, the heart, uh, surgical heart, uh, team in Cleveland Clinic. Oh, wow. You should have her on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I uh, wanted to, there's a lot of different stipulations oh, okay. and a lot of different things when it comes to what she's allowed to do and not do. So she gotcha. was a little wary of that. Gotcha. But I mean, you want to talk about brilliant. You want to talk about, I mean, I, 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 I absolutely respect everything she does. Yeah. She's a brilliant mindset, great person too. Great human being. Um, but, but what they do is amazing. Amazing. That's one of the most prestigious hospitals too, right? Yes. That for, team for heart. That team is top top rate, top wow. rank, right? It's number 1. So when it comes to that, you know, it's so but that folks, that doesn't mean that every doctor in the world is someone you listen to on. There's a reason why they say you need to get a second and third opinion. <laughs> it's not because the person didn't go to medical school and they didn't get yeah. their medical degree and they didn't do a, all kind of internship and, and, and everything they had residencies and everything they went through, they had to get that degree. Yeah. You can respect that, but that does not mean they get it right every time. And I'm sorry when it comes to not the diagnosing and curing part, when it comes to the part before that, how can I stop this from happening? What can I do with my digestive system so that I'm mm -hmm. not getting into this situation where I have IBS now, where I have, you know, so many different problems when it comes to, you know, my, my gut and when it comes to my digestive system, when it comes to my heart issues, my fatty liver now, you know, I now I have all these respiratory problems and every, it's just compounding leading yeah. to more and more bad cellular development in your body. And the next thing you know, you're told you have pancreatic cancer yeah. I, and, and, you know, it's, and, and folks, don't tell me that's not what happens. That's exactly what happens. You don't see it coming because it takes 12 to 15 years. Yep. So it's not a big issue because it's not like COVID where boom, overnight, right. it hits you. So, you yep. know, and all of a sudden it was something new and all of a sudden millions of people worldwide are dying from it. And, and there was a big drive to scare the living hell out of everybody. And I, I, I thought about that, you know, millions didn't die from COVID this year. Millions still died of cancer. Nobody's talking about it. Yep. We got a war on cancer all the time. Diabetes too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm going to tell you what, <laughs> I'm not going to say names because I know the individual and she's a wonderful person. Had somebody on her podcast. Okay. In the medical field who was talking about type two diabetes, not type one, type one you're born with mm -hmm. type two. You can prevent. Yeah. And you could even reverse it. Um, not according to her. According to her, it can happen, but it's not, not the norm. It's not the norm because our idea of preventing type two diabetes is just continuing to feed it insulin. <laughs> it doesn't right. make any sense at all. No, at all, no. at all. And I'm not a doctor. I didn't stay at a holiday Inn last night and I didn't play one on TV, but I know <laughs> damn well that you don't cure the problem by feeding it exactly what the problem is. Right. It's an overabundance of insulin in your body. And here's the thing. This was my argument. How did you become a type two diabetic through your own means? Yep. Your diet, you got there, you got there, you can get the hell out of there. Yep. And, and I've seen it happen a million times. Yep. People who have gotten completely off their medicine 
and have completely changed their lifestyle and are no longer, not only not type two, but not even pre-diabetic anymore. And they change their lifestyles and they, they, they beat it. Yep. And it's happened millions of times. And when she said that, it, it pissed me off to know because it just, it just confirmed that they understand the diagnosing. They understand the curing. They don't understand how to stop it from happening in the first place. Right. And it's bizarre to me. Yeah. It's bizarre. That's why when it comes to supplementation, people will tell me, my doctor said to take this. Your doctor doesn't know what to take when it comes to supplementation. No. Nope. If they do, they're more on the holistic side. Yep. Um, we had a gastroenterologist on our show many times, Dr. Becky Natrajan. Um, brilliant and understands it because she got away. She retired from gastroenterology and got into her own business where, and she's uh, currently still finding her way in terms of what avenue she wants to take, but she didn't want to do that anymore. She saw the problem with the diagnose and cure rather than prevent, mm. you know, from a holistic approach. Yeah. What are the different yeah. things you should be doing with your life to prevent it from happening in the first place? Right. You know, right. why are you putting your digestive system in a situation where it's working 24 seven? You have to give your digestive system a rest. Yep. Digestive system is the most important system in your body. Because that's where it all starts. You have to feel empty too. Yeah. I mean, you got to allow your body to empty itself out. Let your before body you start dumping more stuff in. Right. Let the digestive <laughs> system let let the digestive system relax and get back on track. Right. You know, clear it out, rejuvenate, move on, and allow it to, to do. There's 11 systems in our body. Let the other systems work. Yeah. Your body's concentrated so much on that it just starts to cause it's it's literally a domino effect. Yeah. And. People, if you're eating every two hours, constantly, every day, and you're eating processed foods yep. constantly, all you're doing, imagine a job. Imagine your job, folks. Even if it's a, even if it's a sit-down job, imagine doing, imagine us doing this podcast right now, 24 hours every day. Mm. Do you know how worn out we would be? I'm tired right now. Right. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, you want me out of here? Where's my no, pizza? No, no, but seriously, imagine what. Okay. I just wanted to see if there was any, <laughs> I had, we got to say thank you to her. Actually. She's been, she's been, she's been on this, she's been on this. She's been one of the viewers. Yeah. We've had two. <laughs> They're not messing around. <laughs> They're not messing around. These people want to hear what I have to say. The bottom line is I'm not an expert. If I was Jordan Peterson, you'd have 6 million people watching oh, this right so now. Sweet. Did you hear about him by the way? No. I take his license away. Oh yeah. I heard about that. Now here's and the, Here's in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing about that. He hasn't practiced. He hasn't practiced clinical psychology in I don't know how long. Yeah. It's not going to take away the fact that he's still going to do his podcast. He's still going to yep. speak at all these events. He's going to become even more popular now. Yeah. I don't know how people don't understand those this cancel culture. All you do is empower them to become more and more yep. powerful. Yep. Because now people who didn't know him want to know what, what the hell does say. this guy say right exactly to make you people so mad what is it that they're trying to cancel him over? i forget now it was on joe rogan <laughs> go <Yeah>. figure <laughs> joe joe doesn't hold back so i can't remember exactly what it was that, that joe talked about I mean, he's had he's had jordan peterson yeah, on, he's been i don't on know how many times quite a few times but jordan peterson like i told you before i've got to be really on my game when he starts talking that guy is brilliant yeah you need some more of that coffee more, more <laughs> organic coffee um so I mean, yeah, that's where we're at right now. We're on strike. We're doing a podcast. We're talking about everything from COVID to we haven't really gotten into politics, but no. we kind of did. Kind of did, did a little bit. Did a little bit. And I don't know. I mean, we'll probably wrap it up with that. Sure. It's an hour. We're at an hour and 22 minutes in. Oh, my goodness. I think last time it was like an hour and 15. 
Was it? Uh huh. We, we just yeah. keep getting. We just keep going further and further down the road here, <laughs> into the rabbit hole. Um, we should do this every time you come up. You're gonna be up here all next week, right? Uh, so I'm not going to be up here all next week. No. Now. Um. So what happened is, see, things change. My youngest it's a fluid situation. Yeah, my yeah, my youngest say during COVID. Well, my youngest decides he's, he wants to be a runner, so he's on the running team. Oh, cool. Fourth grade, okay. Cool. Um, and so he says, you know, here's my slip. He's running in a race, a, a 5K. Oh, cool. Uh, 3.1 miles, right? Um, on the 22nd of October. So I'm looking at the calendar. I'm like, well, I'm going home again after strike duty. <laughs> and then the following week is Halloween. Oh yeah. So we're getting towards the end of trick or treat, I think. Like it's getting to the point. Yeah. Like the soon to be 14 year old, he's like. No, they're going to still want to go. I think they're going to want to do their thing with their friends or go to yeah. Halloween parties pretty soon here. Yeah. Somebody, once you get into high school, it's like someone's having a party at their house. Start drinking. Yeah. But you, <laughs> Taking shots you, out of pumpkins. Yeah. Jake, <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. Um, but, you know, so, I mean, even now, like last year when we went trick-or-treating, my 13-year-old went with his buddies and they did their own thing. Mm. And then the younger one went with his group and I don't think, I think it was like an hour in or an hour and a half in. They're like, this is we're, dumb. <laughs> we're good. You know, we got our, we, we did it for four hours. Mm. It was like, it was from 630 yeah. to 1030 at night. Holy cow. And I mean, I went up the street where, you know, <laughs> filled up the bag, came back yeah. down. You know, you know, we, I, we go to the same house four times. The lady would be like, Gene Simmons, get the hell out of here. <laughs> You've been here four times already. You know, you were, you were, you were scouting who was, who was doing uh, who was giving out the big candy bars? <laughs> you didn't want the apple or the no, toothbrush. No. Lady would give out toothbrushes. You skipped her, right? Lame. Yeah. But you know, you went back to the to the oversized Kit Kats and things like that. <laughs> so we would go back four times for four yeah. hours and it was dark outside. Now half the time it's light outside. Yeah, snowing. <laughs> snowing. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that? But yeah. So nonetheless, it would have to be on a Wednesday again where I would just stay open okay. and then head back on a Thursday. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. That's not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we'll do another live. Hopefully, uh, if it works out, we'll do another live like next week. Yeah, I can easily stay uh, next Wednesday. Okay. I mean, oh, look at that. Maybe people are going to listen to the recorded version. People and say, will listen. Oh, I don't like him at all. I think I'm yeah. going to listen to what this idiot's going to say next. <laughs> I don't know. You know, say, people will listen. Uh, typically, when I go live, a couple of people will watch, but yeah. then like within a day, it shoots. It shoots. I up. see. I, I mean, I see. I always see when I yeah. when I listen to one of your podcasts. I'll see like how that. That would be that normally would be how it would work for us. Yeah. Um, you should definitely do a podcast. You should yeah. continue the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to help you with that yeah. somehow. Well, we're 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 trying to uh we're trying to figure that. We'll talk a little bit more about that maybe next. We could start off next week with that. Yeah, let's start with that. Do that. Cool. All right. All right, Sarge. Thanks for doing this. Absolutely. Thanks, Mama Sarge, for tuning in and uh engaging in the conversation. It was fun. I want to know who the second person is. Say something. Who is the second person? <laughs> Comment real quick. Comment real quick. Who are you? You're watching. <laughs> we see it. You can't hide. It's probably someone we don't know who they are. Probably like, not. Yeah. No. All right. All right. Well, uh, thanks again for doing this and I'll uh, catch you. Oh, uh, she said bye, guys. Oh, bye, guys. All right. See you. All right, see you. All right. <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs>